Hello, my friends. Today we're talking to Bhavna, the SVP of engineering at Auth0, and we discuss how to create a culture of sharing information openly at a company, how Auth0 simplifies implementing frictionless and secure user authentication, and why move fast and break things isn't always the best strategy. All of this right here, right now, on the Modern CTO Podcast. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. I uh, started working with my dad, who is actually an electronics engineer, and we used to do many of uh, pet projects, you know, uh, light sensing uh, components, clap sensing, we even built transistors, our custom speakers, we also built our own CPU. And I used to help him with soldering. I used to help him with finding the components and all of that. And that took my interest in electronics. And I did my bachelor's in electronics, actually. Um, and with it, as I was doing my bachelor's in electronics, I really loved digital electronics as my, was my favorite subject. And that's when I shifted uh, my master's to computers. There is something I would say about you know uh, writing an assembly language in 8086, a microprocessor, or uh, you know coding in Fortran uh, that could be, I don't know what's right, uh, st very stirring, um, and that's what was the the uh, interest in programming. And I moved uh, my uh, master's and as I said, computers, uh, continued programming, enjoyed it, and and that took my career path in that direction, and then. As a career, I would say um, I continued uh, as an engineer in my early career. I worked in distributed platform. I worked in search and recommendation products uh, and machine learning. But as a leader uh, in my later half of my career, I have done all aspects of technical uh, tech stack. Uh, and I've led teams working on desktop, mobile, product engineers, platform engineers, of course, data and machine learning teams. So have done all pieces of technology uh, tech stack now uh, as a leader. That's cool. I One thing that popped out to me there, you said you were working on some recommendation engine at some point. Where, where was that? So um, search and recommendation, uh, when I worked at Sybase, that's where I started working on more NLP-like systems uh, uh, for, the, for uh, answers anywhere. This was one of the, I would say, a business unit under Sybase. And then I moved to ask.com, building their Q&A search, their uh, smart answers, um, and uh, other content search platforms. And that's where I moved into machine learning and building those kind of uh, services as well. And then I continued that at, at Glassdoor, uh, which is my previous uh, job, um, to build their search uh, uh, vertical for jobs. So it has been a long tenure in that world, but that's where, you know, recommendation of jobs, recommendation of employers uh, and other kinds of recommendation that um, I worked in and uh, built up. Wow, that's crazy. That's like what you were working on was having like such a huge direct impact on on the daily lives of, of people getting recommended a job. And then if they end up working that job, you know, I don't know, I think it's just search and recommendation. Recommendation is such an interesting area to me because of the immense impact it has has had on society in, in like the past twenty years or so. Um, very, very true, Adam. And 
And I enjoyed at every job that I have done, you know, making an impact um, on the customer side and helping them out. Uh, and every role or every project that I took had a big part of that mission, which is how are we solving customer problems? Um, and, you know, the, it was the same with Glassdoor. It was the same at Ask.com by making sure how fast and how quick, quickly we can answer our users' uh, question, you can say. Yeah, that's really cool. So how did you end up getting involved at Auth0? That's where you're at today, right? Yes. Um, so I joined Auth0, uh, and I'll say, you know, this might sound a bit like one, two, three uh, answer, but I've answered this question so many times now because uh, before joining, after joining, and of course, uh, the hiring that I do. Um, so three big reasons that I would say uh, uh, why I joined Auth0. One, of course, the impact, again, uh, the problem that they are solving has a large impact. Uh, we are talking about, you know, billions of login, it, which needs to be secure, uh, which needs to be available and reliable. I and mean, we are talking about really high SLAs and to be, to, as a technologist, to work in that environment, the, the kind of complexity that we have in that space. It's just, uh, I would say, very exciting. Now, that was the big reason. Uh, another big reason was the growth. They are uh, continuously moving in a in a high growth environment. And as a technologist and leader who has you know worked in this industry for almost more than two decades now, uh, working in a high growth environment has tons of challenges. And um, who doesn't love challenge? So uh, you know that was another big area or big reason why I uh, joined Odzero. The last I would say were the people. Um, as I was interviewing and talking to the, some of these uh, leaders, the transparency with which they would share, you know, what are their challenges early on? Um, there was no hiding, um, as well as, you know, what's working well. Uh, those were all the, my, my area of interest. Uh, one big thing was, you know, their cloud deployment. It's humongous. And of course, with that comes challenges. But, you know, that's an exciting area for me to invest in. Uh, at the same time, with COVID, we have learned so much about remote workforce. But Auth0 was remote from the start. So, you know, this is an, I would say this is a learning opportunity for me because I'm also learning as to how, what does it mean to have a very best in class, you can say, uh, remote workforce and supporting them in their job day to day. So, those were some of the points I would say um, why I joined Auth0. That's really cool. And can you give, for those that may not have listened to our first episode, we did an episode with Shiv from yes. Auth0 as well. Um, but for those that, Made it and listen to that one. Can you give the overview of what Auth0 does? Yeah, sure. Um, I think uh, in a nutshell, we offer authentication and authorization service for our customers so that they can uh, make sure that they can provide safe login to their users. Um, so that's in, in, a, in a summarized version that I would say Auth0 does. But you know, there are a few things that we uh, watch for as we think our plan of our roadmap and, and offering, which is simplicity. We want to make sure that our offering is as much as possible out of the box, plug and play, or you know, integration is easy for the users or, or our developer community so that um, they can use it and they don't have to worry about the nuances of uh, complexity behind it, security, privacy, and all of that. We take care of it. The second aspect is also extensibility, as we believe for simplicity, we do the the you know, the, we cover the, the long runway. But we also want to give the, our users or customers the opportunity to extend, customize. You know, if there's that 5% or 10% that we haven't done, because everybody has their very unique use case, uh, 
they're able to do that. Um, and then, of course, with expertise, right, we have our identity and security expertise in-house because this is our core business. Um, and we do a lot of training around it. So we, of course, help our customers uh, with those areas of decision making. If they are building their, any architecture or changing anything, we help them there as well. Uh, and then the last bit, I would say, like I said before as well, trust. I think um, reliability is key. If, if, I, if I have to say, uh, we are tier zero service. We are at the forefront of our customer. If we are down, you know, it, nothing will work. We are, we, we are helping uh, be the face of them. So we have to be absolutely reliable. We have to be absolutely secure. So that's top of mind uh, for us in every decision we make, every release we make. Um, and, you know, that, that's what I call a high stakes environment as well. Um, so, yeah, those four things is what makes us our product decision making uh, throughout the process. But, um, yeah, in a nutshell, authentication authorization service for our customers. Very cool. Well said. So you, you mentioned something in there about how you do uh, like education with your customers to help them use your product. What what does that education look like? Do you have like courses or is it more like kind of like being a consultant a little bit? Um, what, what does that look like? Well, if they are making some architecture decisions or they have some custom setup that they want more in-depth um, understanding of, you know, how will our product work with them or uh, they need some other customization. Our architects do get involved, help them make proposals as well to say, if, if you're looking for this level of um, latency or reliability and other things, you know, what can they do uh, and how can they shift their setup to, to uh, achieve that? So we help with that. If they have questions around, you know, how is our system working and helping their um the overall architecture and where do we sit? We help with those understandings as well. So it's it could be one-on-one, -on -one, it could be overall. We, of course, do a lot of identity podcasts as well as, you know, we host a lot of uh, sessions around identity as well to help them understand uh, the, I would say, the new things or new compliance aspects around identity or security aspects around um, authentication services and standards. So certainly we do that part as well. Um, and share openly. So does Auth0 put out a podcast or are you referring to like coming on kind of like what we're doing right now? Oh, uh, we, uh, one of our uh, engineer, Vittorio, uh, he has an, uh, um, his own uh, session around identity and there are a lot of sessions uh, which nice. share about identity and how things are uh, behind the scene. Really cool. Yeah, I'd love to check that out. It's, it's always uh, cool seeing because I mean, I'm sure, you know, we've talked to like a lot of companies on this podcast and it's fun seeing uh, more podcasts crop up in the individual niches that we're seeing. Like um, we, we talked to this company called Launch Darkly that um, they, they do feature flagging. So mm -hmm. you're able to uh, publish a feature and then turn it on or off after it's out. So you can like debug a certain feature without having total downtime and it makes like continuous delivery a lot yeah. easier. Um, but yeah, I interviewed their CEO and she has a podcast all about continuous delivery called To Be Continuous, which I think is funny. And yeah, there's another company we had on called InnoData that they actually just launched and launched an AI podcast because they clean training data for it to, for it to go into AI algorithms. But yeah, that's super fun. What, what did you say the name of uh, the podcast put out by the engineer at Auth0 is? 
that's called identity unlocked and a uh, lot of sessions he also brings other people in the identity space you know to talk about the latest and greatest so um, yeah lots going on there as well nice yeah i actually just pulled it up identity unlocked that looks cool all right so all right back 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 <laughs> to business <laughs> so um i i do want to hear more about your approach to scaling because you said that that's something that's a big focus for you um so what are what are some of like the key considerations that you prioritize when you're thinking about scaling that's a good question adam and you know uh, yes i said we are in growth a high growth uh, market and i would say you know when we are in high growth we are uh, I, I also said we are also in high stakes right so when you are in high growth innovation plays a big role you you have to keep fueling with your new ideas and new features so that you know you continue to stay and build on to the momentum of high growth but at the same time and there was this uh, term that was used uh, post facebook which is you know move fast and break things uh, that's not an option for us as much as um, that helps with growth in especially in early stage many companies and startups uh, use that uh, to get the momentum and market Product market fit uh, faster. Uh, for us, at the, given our high stakes, that's not an option. So some of the things, of course, uh, would match to all high growth environments, such as communication. I would say this is very key, and the communication flowing both ways. And because we were built from the startup with as a as a remote workforce, um, you know, this area has matured or has a lot of. Uh, I would say culturally built, ingrained things such as you know blogging. Engineer, engineers would write their uh, point of view and blog internally, so that everybody can collaborate with that uh, thinking. Uh, leadership. All of us we blog uh, about what's going on, what's coming, what to expect, how are things shaping, and we don't wait for things to be done. You know, it's in progress, and we start sharing about it. All hands are frequent and um, uh, common at uh, multiple levels. Our CEO, Eugenio, he writes weekly blogs uh, to talk about what's going on with the company, which plays a big role because you know it brings everybody along the journey and where we are going. And, and that's very culturally uh, 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 fitting for us because it's important that we are you know, we follow the the culture of you know one team one one score which is you know everybody is in this together so that just brings us all together so communication uh, both ways and then we intentionally talk about the other side of communication which is feedback you know many of our process has intentional feedback loop built in starting from incident responses to you know regular all hands or anything you know there's a feedback loop built in as part of the process so that's one thing that i would call out Second, I would call out is talent management, of course, you know, uh, hiring, growing, scaling your team is important, but also re retaining the resources. And when you, when you are in a high growth environment, your leaders, engineers, they're all growing with you. So making sure that we have our proper training process to help them scale, people scaling is equally important process as, as such of uh, technology. So we have training processes, we have onboarding processes in place to make sure that we are bringing everybody along and growing people from within as much as possible. I can keep going on, but you know, third point on this topic that I would just call out um, because it's very relevant is you know um, deployment. 
So release and deployment process is so critical. And I sometimes feel that if you have a healthy deployment process, you will, you will automatically have a healthy team culture because it's just so critical to, have, to make sure, especially in high growth environment, when teams innovating, it's very important that their work starts to move into the release and, and production uh, setup faster. But then in high stakes environment, you can't do that. Everything cannot just land in production. So we have to have a robust pipeline of CI, CD, which is what we have built. And with strong checkpoints for security, privacy, and compliance guidelines, because that's certainly something that we take care of uh, uh, within our, our setup. Um, and then every release goes through, um, you know, like moves from smallest to the largest so that the blast radius is as small as possible as we are releasing. Uh, you talked about the feature flag uh, for a, a point. We have feature flags as well so that we have fine-grained control in production of, you know, any feature going uh, being uh, uh, available or not. So a lot of uh, checkpoints in our release process makes a big difference. Um, and having a robust CI-CD is, is key to that aspect of us uh, being in high growth so that, you know, features and ideas are coming out, but at the same time, it's coming out with robust checkpoints and, uh, you know, testing and load performance, load and performance testing uh, and moves in, in, a, in a process where we have control um, uh, so that, you know, we, we, we can give our uh, users and customers the best uh, reliability uh, as possible. So that's something that I would call out. One thing I would say, you know, as I said, I can keep going uh, on this topic, but, um, you know, just to bring everything together, the culture plays such a big role uh, to make sure that, you know, you are bringing everybody along and in the process and in the journey. So as we work and, and we invest a lot in innovation, uh, making sure that, you know, there's a good stream, healthy stream of new work coming along. Uh, but um, I would also say, you know, communicating frequently, like I said, uh, or the path that we are taking is very important for um, the big aspect of empowering the team to make decisions as much as possible. So the more they know, they can make their decisions in the right direction. Um, so collectively, all of this together. But again, I can keep going. <laughs> this is a very rich, very uh, rich topic. Uh, but yeah, those are the three things that comes to mind as I think of uh, think of it. That's cool. I think uh, the culture item of blogging is really interesting and productive uh, to hear about that because, I mean, it it helps people stay on the same page with each other throughout the company just because they're able to read it. Also, I'm sure it helps uh, the people that are writing the blogs. I mean, that that's kind of what makes this podcast cool is that when you're speaking out loud, you just kind of develop a better understanding while you're going and yeah. that's where some of the best stuff comes out and it's same thing happens when you're writing so there, so that's that's two great things about that and then I, I i think another really cool thing is that they're public and uh especially i mean auth zero is is one part of like the background of you know, technology that just shapes so much of everybody's life today. Sure. And it would be cool if there was more, more transparency like that across the industry, I think, um, where the general public can have a better idea of what all is going on um, behind the scenes. I don't know. It's just 
that was that was one thing that really stood out to me there. I thought that was, no, that you, was really you make great points, Adam. You make great points, and and you're absolutely right. You know, um, in past, uh, we we have we have worked in space where, of course, technology. There's nothing about technology that you can, you need to hide. So we share openly, but you pick and choose who you are sharing with. Uh, with blogging, you know, you don't have to pick and choose. Of course, you pick and choose to make sure some people definitely um, lean in and engage, and that's why we follow a a daisy model to make sure the decision making has a framework but at the same time um you know it's openly blogged so there are some topics you can see a lot of people engage they have thoughts and just in general reading it you know it just excites and motivates people as to oh we are doing that work and it just goes a long way um, in inspiring other engineers and other leaders to also think uh, in that direction so it's it's kind of like an organic motivation and inspiration which is which is healthy in our uh, remote setup uh, which is another thing that i would call out so it sounds like you have a strong culture of prom- of like promoting growth within the company because um, i know you also i also heard you mention how it's important to bring the people along with the scaling can you expand on on that concept a little bit bringing the people along with the scaling yeah, so the more information is given to the team and the people, um, you know, the decision making can then be closer to them because they know all the information and where we are going. So it helps empower the team, uh, which of course is a, is is a motivating factor for them uh, because you know they are playing uh, a, a very visible role in company's growth, right? The other aspect of talent management is also, um, you know, bringing in new engineers, new leaders uh, into the space because, of course, identity is a very niche space. So, how do you bring in uh, people who are strong technologists but you know haven't worked in identity? How do we train them, onboard them in this space, which is another area that we invest in? And then the career path, right? Everybody. When you are growing, when you are, when you be ensure that everybody sees where they their career path is going. So of course they are seeing where company is going, but can they also see where their career is going? How will they grow? That's key to again inspire them and retain them uh, as part of our culture. Of course, hiring uh, has some work to do. I think, uh, as you said, you know, with Odd Zero, there's a, there's a very clear understanding that we are in security space. Um, and uh, and uh, I am or identity space. Um, I, I am I am working on bringing the awareness that we also need people who are uh, strong engineers and technologists who might not have these uh, background and understanding, but are eager and curious to learn. Right? Because if we are growing at the pace that we are growing, we need um, a background around cloud and platform and deployment as well. We need background around developer experience, which is very key for us to build that relationship of, with developer community. We invest a lot of a lot of effort around that, um, and also, uh, you know, we are structured within our teams towards the product that we deliver, so that we can think for the customer obsessively as we are planning a roadmap. So those are also pieces that we have to uh, plan for. So there's so much more in terms of technology stack as well as, as, well as categories uh, that we need people to come in and join us to make this a more impactful um, product. Uh, but, you know, so that's where I think some more work for me to do. Uh, of course, um, we are known more as authentication and identity, but we do so much more and we need so much more background uh, of people. 
Yeah. Um, on the topic of, of hiring, I, I was just thinking of an episode we did a little bit ago with a guy named Greg. I believe he's the co-founder and CTO of Jump Cloud, which they do uh, cloud directory and uh, also help with consolidating the tool chain involved with that. Um, really cool, interesting company. But he was talking about how when he's hiring, he's really passionate about not focusing on how good an engineer is with a specific tool and more focusing on their adaptability and ability to learn. And I'm just curious, what are some of the most important things that you think about when, like important traits you think about when hiring engineers? I think uh, you just said those two and and Greg Greg is spot on, I would say, uh, which is, you know, Curiosity is key for us, you know, understand um, and uh, I would say a mindset of learning is very key for us because there's so much to learn and with growth, there's so much more new things that we are trying to do um, that that mindset is very important for us when we hire uh, and look for engineers. Um, I also in leadership, I also look for um, leaders who have looked um, taken on a big I would say a change and, and, you know, led it and brought it to the other end uh, because there's so much risks taking as part of when you're trying to bring in a big change or a break, uh, a new technology completely transform a, a setup and something. So I also look for that aspect of risk taking as well, because, you know, when you are at a growth speed and a scale that you're talking about, there are times when we have to say, okay, this technology is not going to serve our purpose anymore. We got to shift. And, you know, being able to openly say it and not worry about, you know, the the investment that we have made in a certain technology, but, you know, which is not going to get us to, it got us to from A to B, but it's not going to get us to, I don't know, Z. So, you know, having those kind of leadership traits is also something that we look for. Primarily, you know, collaboration is very key for us, as I, as, as I said a few times, you know, working in remote environment, being open to collaborate, being open to take feedback, being open to, you know, share your viewpoint openly uh, with everyone and uh, okay to hear their, I would say, suggestions and feedback. Those are all key aspects in an engineer and leader so uh, that you are not taking it as an offense, but more as a learning and, and, you know, oh, I did not know that. Let me, now I know aspect, which is very key for our, for, to be successful in environment. I would say, you know, uh, one thing that I, as, as in the last few months that I've been here, uh, that I learned as, you know, we are also look, look, we also look for very vocal engineers as well, you know, who are not scared of pointing something that feels right or, you know, feels obvious. Um, it's it's a very uh, welcome environment. Uh, and, you know, if you have a point of view, we welcome you to make it uh, and we talk about it openly. That's something I, I've heard a couple times about uh, defensiveness and mm-hmm. how that can be really damaging in a collaborative, collaborative environment. Um, because, yeah, obviously you, you want to be able to bring up and, and tell someone, hey, that, that idea might not be the best idea uh, in the best interest of the company, not at all in an attacking manner, because that's never how that's intended. Um, and yeah, I think that also ties in with the concept of always assuming positive intent with your coworkers, um, which is just uh, just another thing I've, I've heard 
over and over again um and has been has really like stuck out to me as like a, a like a core leadership tenant now that's a very good point yes always assume positive intent you know just to point out that something can be done better or what you see in front of you is not right we don't have to be rude about it right we can point out and, and just like you said, you know, assuming positive intent and, and sharing our point of view. So I think spot on. And it's very key for our culture to work and thrive. So I just pulled up the Auth0 LinkedIn and it's shown on here we got uh, like almost 1,100 employees. Is that about correct? Yes, yes. And, and we are still, we are growing. And, uh, you know, if I can shamelessly put a plug for engineering, we are hiring more than 50, almost 100 people. Uh, please, wow. uh, with every category, every level, so much to do. And I'm just uh, uh, excited to be here to do to play my part in all of that. That is crazy. Um, but so also at the same time, I feel like the company's getting really large to the point where it, I feel like it might be now getting challenging to move fast and, and pivot with, with the sheer size you're getting to. How are you preparing to stay nimble as you continue to grow so large? So large. <laughs> uh, um, you know, uh, here's what I will say. Um, the, the three things that I called out, which is communication both ways, very key. Um, and of course, our, our process and practices and platform that we have in place with checkpoints and guardrails so that we can empower the right group with decision-making closer to where the information is, is also uh, a big aspect of us uh, continue to scale. Um, and like I said, hiring uh, in a very well-oiled hiring machine. And I make sure any company I join, I have a relation, the first partner relationship is with the recruiting team uh, so that you know we have a strong recruiting and a healthy uh, recruiting uh, machine. But when you talk about you know scaling, um, at the speed at, at, at which we are and, and, you know, mining for the challenges, culture plays such a big role. The values say, say such a big role. And I don't know if I can share, but in our leadership team, our CEO still says, okay, so what are our three or, and four, you know, culture aspects and values aspect and what do we do? And, you know, it's kind of like a constant reminder back to us as to this is what we stand for, right? Our, one of our uh, uh, big theme is one team, one score which is that we are not a product-driven team or engineering-led team or sales. We are one team, one score. And that really, you know, um, grounding that point of view is so important. That brings everybody together. It's not my problem or your problem, everybody together. Uh, we talk about N plus one is greater than N. Yes, of course, um, mathematically, yes. But the idea of you making sure that, you know, we are uh, of that point of view that we are making, which is N plus one, which is, you know, we need to do, motivate ourselves to do uh, one more thing. And what's what's that extra, uh, you know, pathway, or you can say that extra mile that we are walking to make us better, uh, which is always on, on our mind, even in our roadmap efforts, as we talk about um, and then the last one, you know, we, we have is also very uh, openly, you know, we give a shit about everything we, we, we have in front of us. So, you know, our theme of we give a shit. And that actually is very ingrained when I said, you know, we have a vocal team. The, the important point is very much about, you know, we want everybody to care because it's their product, their company, their growth. 
Uh, and that's what the point of view of We Give a Shit is, so that uh, everybody leans in and engages with everything that we are talking about uh, because it's everybody's success. And I would say, you know, that reminder of going back to our culture and what what are our foundational things that drives everything else is is key aspect of, I would say, how we are containing our challenges or growing pains. But of course, a lot of investment goes into technology as well. And that's why, you know, the heavy work that I'm doing right now is putting together uh, engineering roadmap that helps, you know, with reliability, uh, that helps with, you know, uh, making sure that we have uh, technology that can be um, controlled, fine-grained control with fine-grained controls. Uh, do we have good process and set up for and tools for incident response so that we can be quick about it, uh, which is very key and it goes hand in hand with our um, uh, reliability posture. Um, and then, of course, uh, communication aspect and growing the leaders aspect so that, you know, it all comes together. So it's a very, I would say, orchestrated process right now. Uh, and I lean in heavily in many areas to make sure that, you know, we are on top of it. And there are some innovation that we will be we are uh, planning for in few areas uh, that that is key for us to kind of continue on that process. Uh, we also have a framework around security by design and privacy by design so that, you know, it's not an afterthought. It shouldn't be just a checklist and a checkpoint. It's also interweaved in all of our processes to make sure that we are thinking about it as we are designing and planning for a new idea and a project. So a lot of framework, I won't say a lot, but quite a, important frameworks are in place. Culture is in place. Leaders are in place. Um, and we actively lean in wherever we feel uh, we have growing pains to address. Um, yeah, having the security built into every step of the process, just, I mean, it's pretty much what you do now. Yeah. And it kind of baffles me thinking about kind of what we'll call it the old way of doing things where you would um, like create your entire product and then just be like, all right, now we have to make it secure. Like, that point. <laughs> cannot believe that that's how it used to be. Like, a, where like there used to be so much separation, and I, I'm sure there are still are companies like this, um, where the separation between like the product teams and the security teams, where, um, yeah, it's just mind blowing that uh, that was okay, <laughs> but really cool that now. It, it is built in at every step of the process, especially as um, like with what you're doing is like you said earlier, you called it a tier zero operation, right? Just, tier zero service and operation. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very critical stuff when you're talking about identity and login. Where are some, some places where if I'm logging in, I'm actually logging in through Auth0. What are some of your customers that I might know if you're allowed to share? Yeah, I can share some, although, you know, I think I share, uh, I, I might have mentioned we have more than 9,000 customers right now globally located um, and pretty much in, in multiple um, categories. So some of the categories I would share, you know, is, I, I don't know if you, uh, so you must have heard um, Headspace, it's in that meditation and, you know, yeah. coaching area. So uh, then there's Dick Sporting, um, we have Kiva and and. They have a very interesting, um, I would say, business case as well. They do micro, micro, uh, or provide micro loans to women to start their startup uh, or yeah. their businesses. 
which is very cool. Uh, and and it's, it's amazing to solve for uh, customers who are so mission driven. And there's so much, so many more, I would say, um, you know, imperfect food. Uh, so we also have in this food industry uh, using us, uh, Motley, Motley Fool. Uh, so we all, like I said, finance is another big area where we have many customers, Toast. Education Blackboard um, is another of our customer, and uh, you know they they help provide materials online uh, when you, especially with the remote you know schooling time period. They, they their business was very helpful for many of our um, students. Yeah, Blackboard was uh, the site that provided like the online resources for my classes in my first year of college, actually. Perfect. And I'm pretty sure you lo- you logged in for that. I did. I did. I had and a login. Well, that. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We found one. We found one that I use. <laughs> so uh, before we wrap up, I want to talk a little bit about um, how you personally structure like your, your goals for yourself. So like, how do you think about planning your like personal and career goals? Like, do you structure in like quarters or months or weeks? Like, what what kind of time frame do you think about? For personal growth, um, it depends on which one. So, if if I'm talking about um, you know uh, helping my team, mentoring, um, growing my leaders, um, also my next in line in some time to start putting a plan together for that. Those are all the things that's, uh, I, I would say, monthly, which is I put in a time, organizational, how is my organization moving forward, and what are the things that I need to do to structure and help them. But there are aspects that I also think weekly, which is, you know, in the next week, what are the technology um, uh, efforts that we need to talk about or go deeper into? Because there's, with so much going on, it's not that everywhere that I can be, but what are the key items and how are we doing there? Are we healthy? How's the team doing? So checkpoints around that is equally important. My own, uh, you know, I, I like to network as well. So meeting uh, some of my colleagues, because there's so much you learn from how are other leaders solving problems or how are they thinking about a situation? So I like to meet uh, my my in my network as well and talk about how are they thinking about you know remote workforce or covid coming out of covid and even technology for that matter when we are talking about you know um, our level of reliability so a lot of conversation that goes there as well and that's also a key opportunity to learn and kind of share uh, with each other do you have any advice for new leaders that are trying to get plugged into a, a network of, of fellow leaders to have those conversations? This, uh, surprisingly, post-COVID, or maybe that's when I started to pay attention, Either whichever was true, um, there's a lot of groups uh, where leaders are, our forums are there that, that you can connect with. I think I'm part of uh, Enriched Circle and part of Chief um, Athena Alliance, Nate3. I have my personal interest uh, of my growth. So I'm also part of firstboard.io. So there are a few groups that I am part of who are all mission-driven to make an impact, who are all um, helping tra- drive the future. Um, and, uh, you know, we also have a chance to connect with each other uh, at personal growth uh, of soft skills as well as technology aspects of how they are thinking about um, team or technology. and, and um, very helpful. 
That's really cool. Thanks for sharing that. And of course, listening to Modern CTO, maybe I should... Of course. (laughs) Advice straight from the source. What are we going on? Close to 400 episodes. (laughs) Um, All right. So, well, before we wrap up, is there anything that we didn't get out there that we want to make sure we touch on today? Um, I know we've... We we have talked about your hiring a lot. Um, would would uh, if anyone's interested, would they reach out directly to you, or uh, is there like contact on the careers page? What what do people do? Yeah, I think there's contact on the careers page. We um, and a lot of information there. If you see something that's applied directly, uh, if you want to reach out to me or our recruiters on on LinkedIn, feel free to do that as well. I think the one thing I would just repeat is you know. Yes, we are in identity and security um, space, and we certainly look for that skill set. Uh, but we are doing a lot more. There's a cl- the, we, we're looking for all te- uh, tech stack and technology background, or people who have worked around cloud and cloud native technologies. We are looking for engineers who are solving for developer experience and you know integration aspects. Platform is very key for us. Um, so certainly uh, join us in this mission of, you know, keeping the world secure um, and, uh, you know, helping build this uh, uh, authentication authorization service with all features that can help the very large global market, which is very important. You know, Glad Zero is very globally located and we have our customers across the globe. And some of the use cases become very unique. We have critical use cases. We're talking about medical customers who are in medical world to banking, financial world, and of course, uh, consumer and, and you know, uh, B2B and SaaS businesses. So we are serving a very large customer base with very many unique use cases. And with every use case, there's so much to learn. There's so much to um, technology-wise as well as, you know, use case and domain-wise. So learning is a big aspect of our culture as well. Um, and uh, we, of course, uh, give a lot of opportunity for our engineers to, uh, to be exposed to all of that. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this episode useful, please share it with a friend or a colleague who you think would get value from it. And if you have topics that you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast, either add me on LinkedIn or send me an email, joel at moderncto.io. Every time I get an email or LinkedIn message, it absolutely makes my day and inspires me to keep going.